Labs podcast. I'm Heather, and we are going to be continuing our chat about MITRE. In the first installment of this two-part MITRE series, we heard from Hurricane Labs Chief Technical Officer Bill Matthews, along with SOC Tier 2 Team Lead Josh Silvestro, who provided an overview of what the MITRE framework is and its value to security teams. Today, we'll be hearing from the team members who actually set up the framework and they're going to give us a few more details about what setting up this framework was like, some of the challenges they faced, and what they're excited about now. So we have with us Meredith Casper, Brian Kerrigan, and Kurt Wolf from our SOC team to chat with us. So before we dive into the nitty gritty of the MITRE ATT&CK framework, what was it like setting up this framework for Hurricane Labs? It was definitely a bigger project, I think, than we initially realized, but it was good in the sense that it got us a better understanding of the framework itself and how it relates to security searches and data sets and also allowed us kind of a, a deeper understanding of each of our customer environments as we went through them and tried to map them to the framework itself. One of the probably the biggest challenges of the whole thing was just the, not only is the framework big, it's also the number of clients we had to go and map searches for. <laughs> that probably took us a matter of about two or three weeks to, to finish just that step up. Now the framework is sort of a collection of various attacks that have been implemented, is that correct? So the framework itself is a collection of different attack vectors used in known adversarial techniques when somebody is either performing a pen test, conducting malicious activity on your network, or running some purple team exercises. And these items in the framework are mapped to overall overhead techniques that range from the initial access to how somebody would exfiltrate their data. And then under those are specific tactics that are frequently used throughout this activity. And I, and I think, oh, go ahead, Kurt. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, and like, to put it in a little bit more simple terms without all the kind of IT lingo with some of it, um, at the end of the day, from a kind of a non-IT perspective, the, the MITRE framework is just a collection of, like, exploits and attacks that are actually used in enterprise environments and out in the wild that are actually effective. Right, like real-world activity yep. versus just a, a use case that someone thought of. Correct. Yeah. So what did you have to go through in order to pull that information together? The first step was honestly kind of figuring out how we were going to add it to Splunk itself. Um, we had to play around with uh, the enterprise security app a little bit to actually understand how the mapping of the searches actually worked and how we could correlate that kind of back to an app and show it on a, a map kind of. Brian did a pretty pretty big deep dive into the ES app itself, and we figured out we could use analytic stories. Yeah, there's a uh, there's an app you can get for Splunk called uh, Enterprise Security Content Update, which added a feature called analytic stories, like Kurt mentioned, uh, which is basically a description of a use case and a listing of the searches that are in Splunk that either support or detect that use case, and for us, the important part being the, the mapping, where you can map a, several different frameworks uh, to the data, depending on what technique is being looked for in search. So for us, obviously, that was MITRE. And then 
each story then lets you add all those sub searches into it. Uh, each one, you can add the mapping of, of the different techniques uh, or tactics used from MITRE. Uh, so that gave us uh, basically a, a form we could fill out for each search uh, to break it down simply. And then we just had to go through and do that for, for every search that we had in production, for every customer that we had in production. Yep. And the, the, the initial process of going through and making the list of all the searches, I think I mentioned a bit earlier, it took us around three weeks. Here's the hardest part we kind of ran into. Like, for example, with um, malware, um, like malware source types and everything, like your IDS, your intrusion detection systems, when trying to map some of the searches, the signatures themselves or the IDS itself detects so many different types of attacks. Uh, we had to keep some of it a bit more broad than going into extreme specifics, which is possible with MITRE framework. So I think that was kind of the first challenge is figuring out just how like broad or how specific we were going to map some of the searches. Yeah, the benefit how of a sing the benefit of a single customer doing this is that they only have to to do it for their environment. Uh, the ben the the tr issue or not issue, but the the challenge of being a, a service provider is that you have many many environments to go through and do the same process for over and over. All so, with different data. <laughs> correct. But that provides more, you know, informed, I guess, more information for all of our customers, though, right? Like, because then you're having a larger pool of data, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's win-win for everybody. Uh, so it's it's a valuable sacrifice of time and effort. It's just, you know, it's easy to reap the rewards at the end when, but it's hard to see that benefit when you're when you're in the trenches in the middle of it. <laughs> it sounds like it could get pretty intricate. And I yeah. think one of the I think one of the values that we brought to to our handling of it too was the fact that we were trying to make the mappings match specifically what our customer searches were looking for, as mm -hmm. opposed to saying, hey, this like for example, this search looks for ransomware, um, so let's add every tactic that that ransomware ever used from MITRE. We would actually go and break down the search and look at okay, exactly what activity would we find with this search. So if it was broad, we would only add broad categories. Um, if, for example, ransomware would use like a DNS vector, but the search at that particular customer either wasn't looking at DNS logs or couldn't look at DNS logs, you know, we wouldn't add that mapping, you know, just out of hand. We kept it, we tried to keep it focused to exactly what each search was, would be able to see to hopefully add kind of better value for the customer when they started reviewing the data. Exactly. Another, another place where that, that value actually would come from then is, a, is another app uh, that we were installing at each customer uh, called the MITRE ATT&CK for, app for Splunk, which basically provides uh, an overview dashboard uh, where you can see the, the MITRE ATT&CK matrix and then kind of highlight where your searches have coverage against those techniques. So just at a quick glance, you could see, okay, I have, you know, I have coverage against, you know, phishing attacks, or I have coverage against remote code execution, but I don't have coverage against data exfiltration, you know, based on what, you know, what parts of the grid were highlighted. And that's, that's where our mappings really tied in from the analytics story to this dashboard. So will this framework be something that is used primarily by people like us that do like managed services or is this something that our customers would be looking at as well to see what their own uh, their own company's stance is um, a bit of both 
we are able to use it to further assist our customers in whatever they feel they're lacking in I, just by looking at the MITRE and ATT&CK app. But additionally, we can also use that ourselves to say, hey, we see this out in the wild. We would like to help you fix that coverage gap. And if you have the data, we can fill the gap. Just to add on to that a bit, Meredith, also from like a internal perspective as well, if, if the customers kind of know the direction they want to go with some of their searches, or let's say they had a uh, internal pen test take place and they recognize that these specific, you know, MITRE attack frameworks or the specific parts of the MITRE attack framework were used against their environment. From there, they could also kind of reach out to us and say, hey, we realized that we were ex- like exploited in this manner. Can we try to focus on searches in, in this area? So it kind of allows us to work with the customers a bit more and also like help them figure out what they need to focus on to help make their environment safer. Right. From both a search perspective and kind of a, a maturity uh, perspective. So we're not only, hey, do I have searches that are looking for this, but am I even, do I even have the data that looks at this at all? You know, it's great to know that there's an attack uh, out there that looks at, uh, you know, remote desktop or DNS or, or phishing. But if you don't have the logs in Splunk that shows you those events, doesn't matter if we have a if you have a search for it or not because you can't see it. Yeah, Splunk literally owns the comment you are what you eat. <laughs> wow! Put that in your, I had that in your to. And Splunk it. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so, a hot tip: always click save when you're done with your work. Yes. I feel attacked, and I will not stand for this. Meredith has uh, a story to tell you about how saving works. <laughs> oh, please do tell. So, in this wonderful implementation of Miter. I made an interesting discovery. So you can save each individual search once you add your MITRE and ATT&CK mappings, and then you have to save the story overall. Well, if you don't click the Save Story Overall button, it doesn't really do much, and then you have to redo about a third of the work you just did. And then you do that about 40 more times throughout the course of this entire project. Basically, Meredith, we would go to save, it would be working together as a group on the, on the searches, and we'd be covering different analytic story parts. So there'd be times where Meredith said she was done with XYZ groups, and Kerrigan and myself would sit there and refresh the pages and be like, yeah, okay, forgot to click save again. But it eventually became a joke because it happened so many times. <laughs> Listen, it's hard to remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you're done though, right? Like uh, you've gotten to this point where you're just doing the basic upkeep? We've finished all of the customers we were able to at this point. We're still pending on a few, but that's more so due to either apps being on an older version that don't have analytic stories available or um, some more uh, specific issues at certain customers where permissions kind of play a problem. So as far as like the initial setup, we're pretty much done at most places. And there is ongoing work. So whenever our SOC um, architect team basically will implement new searches, we have to make sure we're mapping all those to MITRE each time a new search is made. Otherwise, the, the map isn't really useful to either our team or the, the customer because the MITRE mappings are now out of date when they go to check in ES. Right, the coverage won't match the actual searches that they have. Right, yeah, that makes sense. Well, that's all I have for you today. Thanks very much for partaking. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Yes. All right, bye, guys. All right, bye. Friendly reminder. If you're looking to learn more about our MITRE ATT&CK framework, you can check out Meredith Casper's and Brian Kerrigan's blogs on their work with it. 
Our latest vlogs also include a perspective piece on Neuralink, as well as a look at a day in the life of a SOC architect here at Hurricane Labs. So be sure to check them out. And if you like what you hear, check out our careers page because we're hiring. See the links for more information. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll catch you next time. Bye.